Welcome to the Happy Me, Happy Earth podcast. I'm your host, Eva Peterson, life coach and Ayurvedic health counselor for changemakers and aspiring activists. Each week, I'm here to support you in creating the change that you want to see in the world without sacrificing your health and well-being. If you are on a mission to make the world a better place, whether you're just starting to get involved or decades deep, you are welcome here. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the five elements in Ayurveda and you. (laughs) How you relate to these elements, how they are expressed in our bodies. And this is part one of a two-part series. Today we're going to focus on ether and air. And next week we'll talk about the other three elements, fire, water, and earth. But before I get into our discussion of the elements, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I absolutely love creating this free podcast for you each week. After coaching, coaching is like my favorite thing, absolutely my favorite thing by leaps and bounds in my business. But after coaching, this podcast is one of my favorite things. And I would love to grow it. I really want to grow the podcast. I want to get this valuable healing information that I share each week into the ears of more people. So I have a favor to ask of you today. Will you please share an episode, maybe this episode or one of your favorite past episodes with a friend today? And also, if you would leave a review on iTunes or another platform, if you're listening on another platform, for some reason, I don't know why, and I'm not going to spend the time to look into this, but apparently Apple Podcasts or iTunes, the reviews that people leave on there, those are like podcast gold due to whatever algorithms the podcast world has going on. Those Apple or iTunes reviews make a huge difference. And when you have more reviews, then the podcast is shared with more people. It shows up in search results. So those are apparently very important. (laughs) So please, if you would leave a review, if you do leave a review, let me know because I have a special little thank you gift for you. Take a screenshot of your review and then email it to me at hello at theevapeterson.com, I will reply with your special thank you gift. (laughs) All right, so now on to today's topic. Today's topic was inspired by a coaching call that I had with a client earlier this week. She was sharing about her life and how she'd been feeling a bit off and disconnected. And as she was speaking, she mentioned briefly that she'd visited this river a few times recently and that when she was there, everything just felt right. She felt at ease. And then she quickly moved on and we talked about a few other things. But as her coach and particularly as an Ayurvedic coach, Her comment about the river really stood out to me. In her words and her body language, I could sense that this river, and in a more general sense, the water, the water element, was medicine to her in this moment. 
And when I reflected this back to her, it was like a light bulb went on and she recognized the truth in that statement and it really resonated with her immediately. She said that it just felt so right and so right on point. We went on to discuss the ways that she could bring the water element into her life. And we talked about many other things on the call too. (laughs) But after witnessing that beautiful revelation, I was inspired to record this podcast about the five elements. So today I'm going to give you some foundational information about the elements and how they express themselves in our bodies. I'll be going a bit more in depth into the ether and air elements today. And then next week, we'll talk a bit more about the other three elements. And by increasing our awareness of the elements, we can work with them, or maybe I should say play with them to soothe certain ailments or imbalances in our minds and in our bodies. I want to invite you to approach this topic with curiosity and playfulness. (laughs) This balancing of the elements can be really fun. And I'm going to give you some background knowledge about the elements. So we are going to use our intellect, use our brains. (laughs) But then I want to also give you some practices to play with the elements and experiment with them and embody them beyond the mind and thought. We change makers spend a lot of time in our heads, <laughs> educating ourselves and trying to figure out how we can best help the world, etc. So connecting to the elements can be a great way to come back into our bodies and to deepen our connection with ourselves and with our surroundings, with nature. We can get busy and, you know, tend to put the needs of others before ourselves and go into survival mode. But I do not want you to just survive. That is no fun. I want you to thrive. So as I'm explaining these elements to you today and next week, just take note of which element most piques your interest. Which do you feel drawn to? Which feels inviting and healing to you right now? Which do you want to play with over the next couple of weeks? And you don't have to intellectualize it. Just go with your gut. Go with your curiosity. Let's get into it. According to Ayurvedic wisdom, there are five elements. I mentioned these before. Ether, air, fire, water, and earth. This is ancient Ayurvedic wisdom that I'm sharing with you today. This does not come from me. I am merely a link in a beautiful chain of Ayurvedic wisdom that extends back thousands of years, originating in the Indian subcontinent. And that chain will hopefully extend from me to you and forward for thousands of years to come. Working with the elements has been a really fundamental part of my personal development and was a big part of my healing back when I was having chronic health issues years ago. And I still love working with the elements as a way to continually connect to my true nature and my environment. So according to Ayurvedic wisdom, everything in this universe is made of the five elements. You, me, 
our DNA, this microphone that I'm speaking into, the plants and rocks outside my window, the birds, the moon, the stars, everything in the universe is made of these five elements. And when we are born, we have a unique balance of the five elements within us. We each have a unique personal constitution or prakriti. Prakriti is a Sanskrit word, and I'll explain what I mean by Sanskrit in a minute. But we each have this unique balance. So the balance of elements within me is different than the balance of elements within you. And as we grow up, as we're exposed to different life experiences, different environments, relationships, the seasons, etc., that balance of elements in our body shifts and changes. And if we're not aware of those shifts, if we're not consciously coming back to ourselves and rebalancing, we might start to feel off or we might start to feel like we're not quite ourselves anymore. Maybe we can't really pinpoint what is off, (laughs) but we know that something doesn't feel quite right. We feel disconnected from our inner self and our body. And if this goes on for long enough, it can actually manifest itself in different ailments, diseases, etc. I remember I really felt like this back when I was living in New York. I was in a very intense, urban, high-powered corporate environment and doing my best to fit in. It took me years to realize that I'd lost myself in that pursuit of, you know, the American dream or being successful, making it in New York, right? And I remember at that time, I felt really starved for green, starved for nature. And now that I am tapped into the Ayurvedic worldview, I see that I had an elemental imbalance, I had an excess of the fire, air, and ether elements, and I was deficient in the earth and water elements. At any moment, an element is either in balance in your body, in excess, or depleted. One of those three. In this two-part series, I'm going to focus on the latter, when an element is feeling depleted. And I'll talk more about what that depletion feels like for each element. And I'm going to share some fun ways that you can bring more of these elements into your life or amplify and increase these elements in your body. And when an element feels like it's in excess in your body, a great practice is to focus on and nourish the other elements. So for example, if I'm feeling a lot of air and ether in my body or air, ether, and fire like I was in New York, I can focus on that earth element, the earth and water elements in order to balance myself out. Each element has certain qualities and actions associated with it. Of course, Ayurvedic wisdom is very vast and very deep, so we could talk about each of these elements for hours or well, years. But today I'm going to give you a bit of an overview. Let's start with ether. In Sanskrit, this is called akasha. And Sanskrit was the language spoken in ancient times on the Indian subcontinent. 
and the language that the ancient Ayurvedic texts were written on. So I think it's important to include the Sanskrit in this conversation for a couple of reasons. One, because it honors the original teachers of this wisdom and the original, well, the origins of it. <laughs> Two, because Sanskrit is a really special language. It's, it's, it's different. <laughs> the sound that the word makes, the actual sound that comes out of your mouth when you pronounce the word, holds and embodies the energy of the word, the energy of the definition or the concept. If that sounds a little woo-woo to you, no worries. Just let that wash over you. Let it go. <laughs> but so we have ether or akasha. Ether is probably the most difficult element for us humans to wrap our heads around. I know it was kind of difficult for me to understand this when I was first introduced to it. Ether is basically the stuff in between the stuff. <laughs> it is the most subtle element, so subtle that it cannot be seen, heard, or felt. And it is all enclosing, all pervading, omnipotent, and omnipresent. It's all around us. And therefore, according to one of my mentors, Dr. Ladd, it serves as a common factor or a home for all objects in the universe, including us. Dr. Ladd also says it is the first expression of consciousness, the first element. So there's a relationship to creation and creativity here. Ether is expansive, it's empty, and it has no resistance. That spaciousness provides us with a freedom in which we can move. <laughs> so if there was no ether, if we only had the more solid and dense elements, movement would be much more difficult, right? Think of like always trying to move through water. The ether gives us much more spaciousness and freedom to move. The qualities of ether are clear, light, subtle, soft, immeasurable, still, and spacious. And this is an element that I think many of us actually have in excess. <laughs> in this very technical and online day and age, so much information and so much of our lives is now living up in the cloud, online, on our computers, and in our phones, right? Out there in the ether. So it can be quite easy for us to develop an excess of ether in our lives. But when imbalance in our lives, this ether element gives us a sense of spirituality, wisdom, and creativity. And when we are out of balance and have excess ether in our lives and in our body, we might feel a bit spaced out, right? We can't really seem to focus or take aligned action. When we're lacking sufficient ether, we'll feel the opposite of those qualities that I mentioned before. So maybe feeling a lack of creativity or a lack of inspiration in our lives or in our work. 
Or maybe you're feeling suffocated by the weight of the world, the weight of life, and you don't feel that sense of spaciousness and freedom. So in a moment, I'm going to talk about how you can bring more ether into your life and balance that deficiency. But first, let's talk a bit about air. Air in Sanskrit is vayu. This is the next element after ether. Air is actually ether in motion. So these two elements are very much related. And actually, if we look at the Chinese tradition, the elements in ancient Chinese medicine, they have air and ether in one. So there are only four elements in that system. Here in Ayurveda, they do split them into two, but they are still very much related. So air, like I said, is ether in movement. It is moving in a particular direction. So some people will also refer to the air element as wind. This element brings movement to our bodies. It is closely related to prana, which maybe you've heard of in a yoga class. <laughs> prana is the flow of consciousness and intelligence from one cell to another. It is our vital life force. So this air element governs all of the movement in our body from the involuntary beating of our heart and our breath to voluntary movements like scratching your head or running. All of this movement is governed by the air element. The qualities of the air element are mobile, dry, light, cold, rough, and subtle. Someone with an excess of air in the body, and like I said, air and ether tend to be very much linked, so these are kind of similar. Someone with an excess of air in the body, though, they have an excess of that movement, they might have erratic or unpredictable behavior, or this is kind of that feeling when you feel like you're kind of all over the place. <laughs> Maybe you lack routine or any structure in your life. Someone with a lot of air in their constitution or an excess of air, an imbalance of air, might be highly creative, but not very practical or pragmatic. Anxiety is also another sign of an air imbalance. Physically, High air and high ether in a person will be expressed as dry, rough skin. Maybe you're cold all the time and you have a tendency towards constipation. <laughs> I'm laughing because this used to be me to a T. So no judgment at all if you identify with one of the imbalances that I'm describing today. But like I mentioned before, air and ether are very much related so much so that there is a Sanskrit for the combination of these two elements, of these two energies, and that is vata. In this day and age, many of the vata or air and ether imbalances tend to be the result of excess vata. So a lot of things that you're going to find online are going to be about how to reduce vata. And we know, like I said before, we can do that by focusing on the other elements, particularly that earth element that I'm going to talk about next week. But there have definitely been times in my life and there are times in most of our lives where we wanted to bring in more of the air and ether elements. 
So for example, there are times when I felt really stagnant or kind of stifled and stuck. And I want to cultivate a greater sense of freedom in my life. There are also times when I wanted to increase my creativity or to be able to think more creatively. And there have been times in my life when I wanted to get more in touch with my spiritual side and to deepen my spiritual practice. So if you resonate with any of that and you're feeling intrigued by the air and ether elements, I want to chat about some ways that you can bring these elements into your life and increase the air and ether elements in your body. So our first step is awareness. Awareness and intention. Just having the awareness of, I am lacking this element in my life and the intention of, I want to nourish or bring more of this element into my life is huge. That is our starting point. It can feel a bit difficult to bring our attention or awareness to the ether element because it is literally (laughs) emptiness. But meditating on those words even, emptiness, space, expansive, no resistance. Meditating on those words can be a great way to get in touch with this element. Also, just looking up into the sky, especially the expanse of the night sky, really helps me to get in touch with that ether. And for the air element, going outside and noticing the sensation of the breeze on your skin. So I mentioned before how the ether, ether and air elements are all encompassing, right? They're all around us. And they also, in that way, kind of connect all of us. They connect me to you, me to all of the things in my surroundings, everything else in this universe, because we are all in this bath, if you will, of ether and air. So going outside and noticing the sensation of the breeze on your skin can help you to connect to those qualities of the air and ether elements. You might also ask yourself, what would it feel like to move like air? To walk like air? To dance (laughs) like the wind? Also, bringing in the colors of the element into your life can be really cool too. So both air and ether are completely clear. Decorating your space with clear objects or objects that remind you of the existence of these elements, like bird motifs, for example, or setting your computer wallpaper to a picture of the night sky, maybe, could be a way to just remind yourself of the air and ether elements. Lastly, and this is kind of a more practical and tangible way to adjust (laughs) and influence the levels of each element in our body. This is really cool. You can use mudras to nourish a particular element in your life. A mudra, simply put, is a hand gesture. So if you've ever looked at Buddhist or Hindu paintings or sculptures, and if you look at the hands, you'll often notice that the hands will be depicted in a very specific way, with a very specific gesture. These are mudras. 
Or maybe in a yoga class, your instructor invited you to place your hands in a prayer position at your heart. That too is a mudra, that prayer position of the hands. According to the science of mudra, each gesture of the hand has a very specific meaning. And again, the science of mudra is vast and very deep. I am no expert in mudra. I am just a student, but I have definitely experienced very real shifts in my body from working with and and practicing mudras. And this is really, really cool, y'all. Each of our fingers represents one of the five elements. So Ayurvedic wisdom says that we have this little access point or control point for each of the five elements right in front of us in our fingers. The pinky finger relates to the water element. Your ring finger relates to the earth element. The middle finger is the ether element. Our index or pointer finger is the air element, and our thumb is the fire element. I have a cool graphic that I found online that depicts this, that shows the hand with with each of the elements noted. So I'll put that graphic in the show notes on my website so you can see that graphic. So with these mudras, by intentionally holding a gesture of the hand, you can increase or decrease an element in your body. How cool is that? (laughs) For our discussion here today, we're talking about how to increase a particular element in your body. What you want to do is touch the finger pad, not the tip, but the pad of the finger, that fleshy part on the inside top of your finger, to the finger pad of the thumb. So we're touching whatever element, whichever finger and element you want to increase, that finger pad to the finger pad of the thumb. The thumb, like I said before, represents fire. And we'll be chatting more about the fire element next week. But for now, know that that fire element governs transformation. So if we want to bring a transformation about, If we want to, let's say, increase the amount of an element in our body, that is a transformation. And in this case, increase the amount of air or ether. We want to bring that fire, our thumb, to the finger representing the element that we want to increase. So in the case of air, you'll want to touch the pad of the pointer finger to the pad of the thumb. To increase ether, We'll touch the pad of the middle finger to the pad of the thumb. Or you can actually do both at the same time. So you can touch your pointer finger and your middle finger to the pad of the thumb, and that will nourish both of those elements. In my mudra training, the recommended quote-unquote therapeutic dose of mudra is to hold your selected mudra for 5 to 45 minutes three times a day. So when I'm working with a mudra, I usually do the five minutes two to three times a day. If you have time to do 45 minutes three times a day, awesome! I 
have not found that to be practical for myself. So right now, for example, I've been working to balance my digestion after the food poisoning that I had last week. So I've been using a a different mudra, not one that I've described today, but another mudra that helps to balance digestion. And I'll typically sit in that mudra for five minutes in the morning and then five minutes in the afternoon. After I get done with my work, I usually do some yoga and sit in meditation for a moment, holding a mudra. And then sometimes I remember to do a third one at night, usually not. But even just the two times a day definitely has an effectiveness. So let's not let perfection get in the way of progress here, right? (laughs) These mudras are really direct and tangible ways to shift the balance of elements in your body. Sometimes I'll notice a shift after just a few minutes, and other times in my life, it's taken me days or weeks of practice before I start to notice a difference. So depending on the level of the imbalance that you're dealing with, you may start to feel a shift right away, or it might take some more practice. Either way, I want to invite you to play with these mudras, play with the other tips that I've mentioned today, and have fun thinking up creative ways to increase your awareness of these elements and create a greater sense of balance and alignment in your body. All right, y'all, I'm going to wrap up this episode right here. Next week, I'll be talking about the fire, water, and earth elements. So be sure to come back for that discussion. And until then, have fun playing with the ether and air elements. Ciao for now. If you enjoyed today's chat, I want to invite you to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you desire more support on your change-making journey, please check out my free guide, Self-Care for Changemakers. You can find the guide, the show notes, and other resources on my website at happymehappyearth.com. As always, it's an honor to be in your ears. Thank you so much for listening.